Well, I've got good news for you. I've wrestled with this sermon all week long, and I've got it down to ten pages. And it only takes about an hour and a half per page, so. I'm not going to preach today. If you know Paul, when he preached, he preached till people fell out of the window dead. I've never made that so far, but we could try, I mean. But then, he went and rose him from the dead, and then preached all night long. So, uh, you're going to have it easy today. Four hours is nothing. I hope everybody packed a three-course meal, not a snack. Let's pray. Father, how good you are. How good it is to come into your presence, Father, to be with your people, to be with your family. You're a good, good Father. God, we ask you this morning, Lord, you'd give us the tongue of the learned, Father. That you would give, help me to speak, Lord, a word fitly spoken. That my words will be apples of gold in sockets of silver. That I would teach as Jesus, having authority, not as those scribes and Pharisees, but as one having authority. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that our hearts, Lord, will be broken up by the word of your, by the hammer of your word. You said your word is like a hammer that breaks rocks. Lord, I pray that you would plow our hearts, Father, that they would be broken up and fouled and able to receive the seed of the word of God. God, we pray that these seeds, Lord, that you're going to plant in us this morning, that they wouldn't fall on deaf ears, God, that they wouldn't fall, Lord, on hard places, and don't let the fowls of the air come and pluck them up, Lord. We pray that it wouldn't fall on shallow ground, that the seed wouldn't spring up quickly and die when it's of the tribulation. We pray, God, that the seed wouldn't grow up, Lord. It wouldn't fall in places that are covered with thorns, where the deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things... And the cares of life choke out the fruitfulness of the word. But God, we pray that our hearts would be prepared this morning, God. That our hearts would be fouled and broken up, Lord. That we'll receive the seed of the word of God. And we plead the blood of Jesus on the seed that's going to be delivered to us this morning, Father. And we cover it with the blood of Jesus till Satan can't destroy it. He can't choke it out. He can't pull it up. He can't stop it, Lord. But it's going to bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold fruit of righteousness in our lives, in this nation, in our families, Lord. We ask it in the name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Father. You're almighty God. You love your children. Your plans for us are good and not evil. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. God, you're so good. You're so good, Father. Last week, before the pastor left, he said... uh, he spoke on the, he gave us some gold, nuggets of gold. And it was fake gold. But he also gave us some real gold in the spirit. And he said he was going to make a mess for me to clean up. And he was talking about disciplining your children. So here's the cleanup. So actually it's a two for one sermon this morning. You buy one, you get one free. Give your offering on the way out. Okay, just kidding. Alright, the first sermon. It ain't wrong to spank your kids. Sorry, kids, but it's the truth. I can prove it from the Bible. You know that Jesus was perfect, right? He never did anything wrong. Jesus was God. He is God. Anyway, I've got some information for you. James Dobson, he was a, he is a licensed psychologist. He was over the psychology department of a pediatric hospital. He's put out some good books. 
One was called Dare to Discipline. And bring it up boys, and another book, Bring It Up Girls. So that's some great information. You want to read those, it'll tell you about spanking, about discipline. It's really good information. Another one is John Roseman. If you need to know some more about discipline, he will help you and he will teach you. And he'll, he says you lead your children, lead your children with love and leadership. So that's a good one. He, he had a book out. It's called Well Behaved Child. What I like about John Roseman, he's also a licensed psychologist, but he said, that psychology has done more damage to raising their children than before ever psychology, before they started believing it. Anybody heard of Dr. Spock? Don't read his book. He believes you just let kids do what they want to do and express themselves. But the Bible says you train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. You know, I work on the railroad, and the trains are huge. They weigh like 330,000 pounds, and they can pull twice their weight. But they have two rails, and that train's on that rail, and when you start that engine up, you can feel the ground move. It has so much power. And when it goes by you, the ground actually vibrates. <clears throat> and it can pull more than its weight, like twice of its weight, up a hill. And I'm thinking, how can 300,000 pounds pull 600,000 pounds? But if you get that train, when he derails, that's what I work on the track, and that train hits the ground, hits the gravel, it ain't going nowhere. It can spin its wheels, it can back up, it can pull forward. It's not moving until you put it back on the rails. So when you're training your children and you're disciplining your children, and you're spanking your children in the proper way, you're keeping them on that track, on those rails, and that teaches them the right way to go. Children have such potential. You don't know what they'll grow up to be. That's why abortion is such a tragedy. But let me continue. All right. If you look in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 11, even verse 6 says that God disciplines and chastises the one he loves. Now, God does that. Aren't we supposed to do that? So here's the, here's the uh, thing to do. If you read those books by James Dobson, and they go through it and they pull it out of the word of God of the proper way to teach your children, the proper way to spank your children. You should never... Be out of control, but it's alright to be passionate. It's alright to be mad. When Jesus went into the temple, and he cleaned out the temple, there was money changers in the temple. What did he do? He went in. He turned over the money changers' table. And it said, let's see where that's at. That's in John chapter 2, verses 14 15. I'm not taking time to read all these scriptures because I know I will run out of time. But you can look them up. In John chapter 15, he said he drove them out. He drove the money changers out. He drove the cattle out. He drove the sheep out. He drove the goats out. He drove the doves out. And he used a whip. He was not out of control. If you look in verse 14, it says that Jesus took small cords, or he took cords, and he made a whip. He didn't just run into the temple, grab something, and start beating on people. He knew what he was doing. He was under control. He stopped and he made a whip. And then he cleaned the thieves out of the temple. He said, my father's house will be a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. So Jesus used force. Sometimes force, if used properly, if used not out of control, is right. So if you spank your kids, it's not wrong as long as you're not out of control. You can be mad, you can be passionate, but you can't be out of control. So James Dobson and John Roseman, they suggest that you only give four or five licks on the posterior because your posterior has a whole lot of nerve endings. 
So when it hits, it stings like crazy. But it doesn't cause any permanent damage. But it is connected to your brain. So the next time you do something wrong, you remember, that's going to hurt if I do that again. Because I remember they believed in spanking in my house. And I remember my brothers getting spankings. I used to observe and I'd say, I don't want to do that. I may have got one. Who knows? But anyway. (laughs) Um, Verse 11 of that Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 6 said, God distanced the one he loves. Verse 11 says, punishment is not joyful, but painful. It's got to be hard enough to where it hurts. If it don't hurt, it ain't doing no good. So, just like Jesus in his whip, he was not out of control. He was restrained. He gave the proper amounts, you know. If the money changers started to leave when he pulled out the whip... If they didn't, he applied a little bit of pain. They left the temple. And you know what I love about what Jesus did after he drove them out of the temple? It said, then he started healing everybody. So once you whip your kids, then you got to heal them. You always love them after you spank them. Okay? Alright, there's my cleanup. <laughs> cleanup on I one. Now, see how easy that was. Uh, one other thing about Jesus. Excuse me. When he was using that whip, do you think that the people thought that Jesus was nice? Somebody's coming to you, they stop, they sit down there and they, they make a whip and they get up, they come over to your business, they flip your money, all your money goes scattered all over the floor, all your cattle start flying or running through the temple. Do you think they think he was nice? Probably not. You know, the Bible says to speak the truth in love. But it doesn't say to speak the truth in nice. I think sometimes we have equated love with nice. And it's not always that way. When my brothers would get in trouble and they would be getting a lecture, it wasn't always nice. Pretty Sometimes it was pretty passionate. And I'm thinking, wow, I wish they'd behave. Oh, gosh. I was the second child, thank the Lord. All right. Now, this morning I want to talk to you about salt and light. Turn to, I'm going to actually read this one, Matthew chapter 5. It's in the New Testament. I think it is. We'll read 11 through 16. This is what we're supposed to be as a church. Matthew chapter 5 verses 11. Blessed are you when men will revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing except to cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill can't be hid. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. 
So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Salt and light is the title of sermon number two. Salt and light. You are to be salt of the earth and light to the world. A couple of months back, I went to my uncle's and he took me back to his garage. Back in his garage, he had a piece of dead pig up on top of his freezer. There was a piece of dead pig laying there. And he had that dead pig, and I am absolutely sure it was dead. I'm positive. Because it was a slab of bacon. And he was, he was curing bacon. He had that slab of pig up there. He had rubbed it down with salt. He put salt underneath it, and he put a whole lot of salt on top of it. A whole lot of salt. Now this bacon, there was fluids, liquids running out of that, but it wasn't, there was no smell of death or rottenness. There was no putrefaction. There was no deterioration. It was still good to eat. But it hadn't been cooked, and it was just laying there out in the open. There weren't a bunch of flies flying around it, and there wasn't them little white things crawling in and out of it. I'm going to make it so you don't want to eat lunch. You'll be able to stay a little bit longer. I was on the railroad one time, and this train hit a bunch of cows. Eh, well, never mind. Anyway, it didn't have none of those little white things. You know what I'm talking about, crawling around on it? Because it had salt all over it. And the salt, what does salt do? It purifies. Salt preserves. Now, if you're the salt of the earth, what are you supposed to be doing? Purifying. Now, it didn't stop the rot completely. If you leave that dead pig there long enough, in about two years, they say, it'll rot away. But now, till then, you can eat it. It's good. So the church is left on the earth to be salt and light. So if you're salt, you're supposed to be preserving whatever you're touching. If that salt was on that bacon, it preserves it. If it's under that bacon, it's preserving it. We as the church are supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be preserving this world. Now, you can't stop the rot. One day, it's going to happen. God tells us how He's all going to wrap it all up. America is probably going to have to fall. Because America supports Israel. Especially under President Trump. America has been a light to the world. We have given more money, altruistically, in charity than any other nation that's ever existed. And the Bible says... He who gives to the poor lends to God. How would you like for God to owe you some money? You think he's good for it? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So America has been the most altruistic nation. We've given more money or given and more help to any, every nation in the world than any other nation ever has. We have stood for right. We've sent more missionaries overseas and to other countries than any country has ever done. We have been a better friend to Israel than any other nation. Trump even moved the embassy of the United States to Jerusalem. You know that there's been four or five presidents that said that they were going to do that. They never did it. Even Bush. Democrat, Republican, none of them. When President Trump got in office, he moved it. You know why they didn't move it? Because... Hamas and all the terrorists said they was going to go crazy and kill people if if they moved the American embassy to Jerusalem, to the head of Israel. That's what they're doing anyway. What are they going to threaten us with? I'm going to blow you up. 
Okay, you've already said that. You was already trying to do that. What's the difference? So anyway, we're to be salt and light. The second thing, we're supposed to be light. Oh, about the salt. God tells us he's going to wrap everything up. It'll be, probably America's going to have to fall. Then there's going to be the rapture. Then there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Well, three and a half years of tribulation. When the Antichrist rules the earth. Then there's going to be a thousand years reign of Jesus. Then Jesus is going to let Satan loose for a season. Then he's going to come back. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to clean it all up. Satan, death, hell, and the grave are all going to be cast into the lake of fire. So he tells us what's going to happen. So we know it's going to happen. The rot is going to finally take place. But we're living in this spot right now between the rapture and where America is still standing. So what can we do until the point of the rapture? We can be salt. We can be light. We can't stop the fall of America because it will happen, but we're, I'm praying that it happens after the rapture. That until then, that we occupy till he comes. That's what he said to do. And this is whoever letteth will let. That we don't let the corruption take place. That we keep being the salt and the light in this nation. And we keep being salt to stop the putrefaction and stop the rot that's going on in America. Now, we're all supposed to be the light of the world. Now, there's something interesting when you... The two parts of that verse there. The first part, it said, A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And then it says, If you light a candle, you don't put it under a bushel. You put it on a lampstand. So there's two things about light that we're supposed to be. I would tell you a story about uh, my nephew and niece, but uh, maybe I'll tell a different story. <laughs> about light. I won't say who it was. But anyway, there was uh, my brother, Adam, his son, Brennan. They was out one night. Well, they find this big hornet's nest. Well, this hornet's nest is hanging there. Well, they get the right idea. I mean, I'm a guy. I understand. We're going to throw rocks at the hornet's nest. What else would you do? Of course, you're going to get rocks and throw at the hornet's nest. Well, it's getting dark. So it's dark. So you can't see the hornet's nest too bad, too good. So they need an assistant. So they need somebody to hold the light on the hornet's nest. Derek, being the good guy he is, he's going to hold the light for him to throw rocks. Crazy bunch. So he's going to back up and hold the light for him. Well, now when you, a light, the Bible says, reveals what's there. He said when you put the lamp up in the house, you turn the lights on, it reveals everything that's in the house. You can see under here, you can see over there, you can see if you want to trip over something. But it also reveals to the enemy where you're at. You don't turn on a light, you know, and then the enemy says, ah, there's where they're at, there's the light. So, Adam and Brennan commenced to throwing rocks at the hornet's nest. Well, naturally, eventually they hit it. So, <laughs> the hornets come flying out, everybody starts running, you know, and Derek is standing there with the light. Well, where do you think the hornets are going to go? To the light. Hey, there's the enemy. So they said the light starts dancing around like this. <laughs> So they all ran into the house, and I don't think he got stung, but he got a missed a good chance. But anyway, when you turn on the light, because you are the light of the world, you show what's around you, but you also reveal to the enemy your position. But God said you're the light of the world, so expect an attack from the enemy. Now, 
I tried to bring a small flashlight so that you could tell what kind of light we're supposed to be. We are the light of the world. Now, what I want to do is I want to take the light and I want to show you some rot, some corruption. And I want to show you where we can apply some salt, where we can be a purifier, where we can stop some rot. And we're going to take a look at that. Okay, so... A couple weeks ago, we had a diaper run, and that's not what you think it is. It's where, I mean, Haley and Chase have diaper runs every day, but that's a different diaper. I'm not talking about that. Not them, they're kids. Not that's, <laughs> so that's not the type of diaper room I'm talking about. I'm talking about we had a diaper run, and they bought, you bring a diaper, and then you have a, a meal, and you ride your motorcycle around in circles, you know, and you come back. So we ended up getting like 10,000, over 10,000 diapers. Now, do you think that was a good... Who thinks that's a good thing if we raised money and got 10,000 diapers to give away to poor people? You think that's good? I'm glad you think that's good. Do you think that drew anybody closer to Jesus? Was it... Are you worried now? Is this a trick question? Of course it was good. The Bible says, do your good works that men may see it and glorify your Father in heaven. There was nothing wrong with that. That was perfect. Your pastor, we got a good pastor. He had a great idea. All those diapers, and they go to kids that, that need them. And that'll be a witness to them. Well, somebody bought me diapers. Somebody must love me. Somebody must care about me. And so that was a good thing. So, you know, when you do things nice like that, all the world will think you're a hero. WVVA will come out and listen and, and film you. You know, even the world, even the evil, even people that don't serve the Lord think, hey, that's good. Look, they're giving to the poor. They're helping people that need diapers. That's a good thing. They'll glorify the Father in heaven. But then when the pastor does that and then he starts speaking about how you discipline your kids and it's all right to spank your kids, they may not think that's so good. You know, spanking is a no-no in the uh, on the left. Spanking is, by modern psychology, spanking, you will teach your child to be violent. Like the pastor said, were kids more violent then or more violent now? Look at the news. You know, now every kid don't have to be beat to death. Some kids listen more than the others. You know, my brothers weren't that way, but now some of us, it was... Anyway... Salt and light. Now when Jesus was shining the light, this one is in Matthew 23, verses 13 through 32. I won't read all that, but it's in Matthew 23. They didn't think Jesus was too nice either. I already told you about the whip episode. And we know that Jesus was perfect. He never did anything wrong. He was God. He is God. But in Matthew 23, Jesus used some strong language. He was talking to the political leaders of his day, the scribes and Pharisees. They ran the temple. They run the money. They run the tax system. The scribes and Pharisees. 
But here's what Jesus said. You didn't know Jesus was so political. He was. He was talking to the people that run the temple. He overturned the changers, tax, the money changers already. Said they was charging too much and they was lying about the animals and all that. Then, he comes to 23, and here's a few of the choice words that Jesus had for the ruling class of that day. You can read the whole thing. And I don't think he said it like, Oh, you fools. You blind. You hypocrites. You think that's the way Jesus said it? He said, you scribes, you Pharisees, you blind hypocrites, leaders of the blind, children of hell, children of the devil, you serpents, you brood of vipers. You think Jesus was good, nice? Was he speaking in love? Yeah. He was Jesus. He had to. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. So he said, I am. He said, he is the I am. And that was the name they used for God. Jesus Christ said, I am God. And they didn't think he was too nice. In fact, they plotted to kill him because they didn't like what he said about him. So Jesus confronted them. And he was not very nice about it. But he was love. He was under control. He wasn't out of control. He was angry. Probably passionate. He was passionate, probably angry. The zeal of his house has eaten me up. And he was addressing them. But when he called them names, he didn't stop there. He told them why they were the name that he called them. He said they were devouring widows' houses. They were making the disciples and making them twofold the child of the Satan than they were themselves. And he went on. You can read that chapter there if you have time. I don't have time to read it all. So let me tell you what. <clears throat> Let's get our light out. I got a little more putrefaction here, a little more rot I'm going to tell you about. It's the, the news media. Those words that uh, Jesus just said seem appropriate sometimes. Let me tell you what CNN said. I'm calling names. Don Lemon or Don Lamone, whatever his name is. He said, Jesus wasn't perfect. Right there on national news, I'm thinking... He's supposed to be telling news. What's he talking about? Jesus not being perfect. Who's he think he is? Let me tell you what I heard on Fox News on Sean Hannity. Roger Stone said, Sean, I want to thank you for what your advice you gave me. I have recommitted my life to Jesus Christ. And it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Right there on national news. Now which news do you think you should be watching? CNN, Rot, Fox News. Pretty easy. Look at the light. Where's the rot? If you watch CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, about, they said 93 to 99% of the news media is extremely liberal left. How do you think that your wife or your husband would feel about you or your parent or your child if the only thing you ever heard was something bad about them? Every day, something bad about Vicky. Every day, every day. Nothing ever good. Every day, they even twist the words. She could say, I love you. And I say, she is just playing with me. 
She don't mean that. That's what the news media does. They take and they twist the words. And they make something good, something bad. How does the Bible say you judge? By your fruits. What results? What has come out of what you have done? Your actions. Have you been salt? Have you been light? Have you stopped some rot? Are you pushing more rot? AFR, American Family Radio, they have good news too. It's from a Christian perspective. It's not per se wrong to watch that, but it's wrong to feed your mind on it. What does the Bible say to think on? Think on things that are good and pure and lovely and virtuous and praiseworthy, good report and true. That will keep your mind right. You don't think about the evil all the time, all the time, all the time. Because they report stories and they twist words to make everything sound bad. Alright, there's some rot. There's where you can apply some salt. We can change our viewing habits. <coughs> Excuse me. I was watching a lady, the Lord had given her some dreams about Trump. And uh, she said, she loved him now, but she said she used to hate him. She was a Christian. I said, well, why would you hate Trump if you're a Christian? Obviously, she said she had been watching all the secular news. And she said it had programmed her mind where she hated Trump. And she didn't even know why. If somebody talks bad about you all the time, everybody, what's everybody around you going to think? They're like, what an evil person. If they don't give you a balanced view, we all mess up. We all have some rod in us. God is still shining His light on every one of us. We're all guilty before Him. So, program your mind the right way. Here's a light, something I want to shine a light on. You're not going to believe this one. I still don't know if I believe it. I looked it up though, researched it. They said it's true. 75% of evangelical Christians... Did not vote. 75%? I thought, there's no way that's possible. And here's what the bar was. These evangelical Christians, they were people that attended church more than twice a month and that claimed Jesus Christ as their Savior. This was like the cream of the crop. And they said 25% of Christians voted. Is that being salt? If my uncle had that slab of pig there and he only put 25% of the salt on there, what's going to happen to the other 75% of that pig? It's going to rot. If they cover the whole thing with salt, it's going to slow that rot down. If you're a Christian, you should vote. Because you're supposed to be salt, you're supposed to be light. What's our excuse when we get to heaven? Well, God, I didn't vote because it's political. Jesus was political. I didn't vote because uh, I didn't know who to vote for. I'm glad you said that. I've got some advice for you. In West Virginia, they have a thing that's called West Virginians for Life. And they put out a voter's guide and they tell you who stands for life, who they endorse, who will vote for abortion, and who will vote against abortion. So that usually tells you who you're supposed to vote. That's the like the litmus test. If you vote for someone who is pro-life, who's actually been investigated and not just said they were pro-life, then they're usually good on everything else. Now, Dave has got a picture. I want to help you out just to make sure there's no doubt about who you're supposed to vote for because we've got an election come up in November. 
Lord, help us don't let 75% of the evangelical Christians stay home. Trump barely won over Hillary Clinton last year. He won by the Electoral College. Because there were so many radicals in the the uh, cities that had been deceived that they vote. Because we well, get free stuff. I don't know why they vote for Hillary Clinton. She's wicked. Hillary Clinton, repent. Here's some salt. Repent. God doesn't want you in hell. He didn't make hell for Hillary Clinton. He didn't make hell for you and me. He didn't make hell for all those senators and all those congressmen that vote to kill babies. He didn't make hell for them. He made hell for Satan and his angels. He didn't make hell for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He didn't make hell for those other judges. What was their names? I know their names. Breyer and Sotomayor and Kagan and those that have voted time and time again to kill babies. God didn't make hell for them. He wants to cover that sin and pay for it and take them to heaven. God loves them. They have to repent. Where was I at? Just a little side trail there. (laughs) Oh, I know where we're at. The big reveal. I want to shine a light and I want to show you who you're supposed to vote for in November. You got a picture for me, Dave? You got that? Oh, not that picture. The next one. Show them the next picture. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the first one's more fun anyway. Just give. But <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, definitely a political sermon. Anyway, here's who you should vote for. Here's who 100% of evangelicals should vote for, not 25%. Here is a place where you can put some salt down and you can slow down some rot. And let me tell you about some of the rot. Nineteen sixty-two. It was uh, somebody versus Vital. The Supreme Court, ha ha, said they had could not teacher could not lead in prayer in the public schools. Sixty-two, sixty-three. They said the teachers couldn't lead in. They used to read a part of a scripture text in public schools. Kick God out of our schools. Kick God out of our country. Take down the Ten Commandments. It's been up for years and years in different city parks and stuff. Don't have a nativity scene unless you got something there and you got Santa Claus with him. He wouldn't let him have it put up at all, but thank God it made it through the courts. 2015, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, and Kennedy. He's retired now. It's time for you Supreme Court judges to repent. It's not right for you to say that two men is the same as a man and a woman been married. 2015 they said two men get married or two women get married is the same thing as a man and a woman. That's not what God said. I know this don't seem nice to them. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to speak the truth in love. That's sin. God said it is sin. God said in the beginning... He said He created man in His own image. He said, in His image created He Him. Male and female created He them. Therefore shall a man leave his mother and his father and cling to his wife, and the two will be one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. He made a man. He made a woman. He didn't make a transgender. That's a birth defect. And if you have been deceived in that, let me tell you something. God can help you. He loves you. 
It's not nice for me to tell you that, but it's the truth and it's love. You don't have to be transgendered. That's a lie from Satan. God created you and put you on this earth for a purpose. He made you a man or He made you a woman because you have something to do in this life. You've got some salt to put out there and He wants you to be a man or a woman to fulfill the purpose that He put you on this earth. Who do you think chose what sex you would be? It wasn't man. It wasn't us. It was God. He determined if you was going to be a man or if you was going to be a girl and He knows what He's doing. God doesn't mess up. He loves you and He did not make hell for you. He doesn't want you going there. He won't be there and it won't be good. The Bible says where the worm dieth not and the flame is not quenched, God doesn't want you in hell. You Supreme Court Justice that I just told your name, repent. Give your heart to God. He will forgive your sin. Every one of us, if we haven't been salt, if you didn't vote, repent. God said to be salt and light. Do what you can to stop the rot. Transgendered, homosexual. They are lying to you. They are lying to you. Satan has lied to you. That's not the way God wants you to live. He's got better for you. He loves you. He doesn't want you to go to hell. The Bible says that no homosexual will see the kingdom of heaven. There's only the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of hell. We get to choose where we go. Nobody decides for us. You choose. I choose. God didn't create that. He created it for Satan and his angels. No human being is supposed to be in hell. But God lets you choose who your daddy is. But we have to do things his way. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's some rock for you. Let me show you one more. 1973. You probably heard of this one. Exactly. Roe v. Wade. When Cain killed Abel, God came to him and said, Cain, where's your brother? Cain, the murderer, said, I'm not supposed to take care of him. He said, am I my brother's keeper? God said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. One man's blood, God heard it. The Bible says that life is in the blood. Sixty million babies murdered since Roe v. Wade. My God, if you're a judge that voted for Roe v. Wade, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's time for you to turn and show fruits of repentance. Turn from your wicked ways. God don't want you in hell. The blood of 60 million babies is crying out from the ground of the United States. What do you think it's saying? Oh God, when will you avenge our blood? I've shined the light on some corruption for you. 60 million babies. Oh, it gets better. If you got a kid, you better cover their ears. Oh my God. Bill Clinton. Oh God, how can we be so wicked? In the Bible, the Israelites started worshiping a false god. Chemosh, what was the other name they called it? Anyway, this false god was made of bronze. Had an open belly. They built a fire inside of this bronze god, Molech. This bronze god had arms that stood out like this. 
Do you know what the Israelites did? To help their financial situation, they would offer their babies on the red hot arms of Molech. And they play out music real loud so you couldn't hear the baby scream. God said, What are you doing? Those are my babies you're killing. What do you think God says to the 60 million babies that are dead, the people that killed them? Those are my babies you killed them. If you're a woman that's had an abortion, if you see me out there, God loves you. He can forgive even the sin of abortion. It's murder. And God, but let me tell you good news. Your baby's in heaven. It's waiting on you. If you repent of your sins, God will forgive you. He didn't make hell for the woman who had an abortion. He didn't make hell for the doctor like Gosnell that killed millions of, or hundreds of babies and said, well, it was right. Gosnell, repent of your sin and God will cover your blood, cover the blood that you have shed with His own blood, Jesus Christ. Why do you think Jesus had to shed blood? The life is in the blood. And the blood, He poured out His life. He poured out the blood to cover all of our sins. To cover the sins of Gosnell. To cover the sins of the doctors that commit abortions. To cover the sins of the people who vote for abortions. To cover the sins of Nancy Pelosi that said it's alright. To cover the sins of Bill Clinton, of Hillary Clinton that says it's alright. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can't be a murderer. No murderer will go into heaven. It's murder. Oh, it gets better. Worse. They was trying to pass a pain-capable abortion bill. After 20 weeks, you know, when Nancy Pelosi's had four kids, she knows that's a baby in her. She knows that's murder. They wanted to restrict abortion to where you had to do it before 20 weeks. Oh, it's the end of the world. After 20 weeks, that baby has a fully functioning nervous system. It can feel when you touch it. It can respond to sound. It can respond to heat, cold. That baby has fully, just like your nervous system. You feel that when you touch it? That baby feels it. You pinch your skin? Something pricked that baby? It's got a functioning nervous system just like you. It can feel it. The Democrats went wild. The demon quacks went wild. Children of the devil. We can't restrict abortion. Did you see Governor Cuomo when they passed a bill? In New York City, New York State, they said you can murder a baby, abortion up to the point of birth. When this baby is, can be born one minute later, but if you decide you don't want it one minute before, all the people around him, yeah, we can kill babies up to it. No, they didn't say that. They said, oh, we've supported women's reproductive health. See, they can't use the real words what it says. Because they know it would appall people. And it should. It's rot. We need to put some salt. Governor Cuomo. He's also said, God didn't do this with the coronavirus. He didn't help us. We did that. God reigns on the just and unjust. All good gifts come down from the Father of lights. Oh, that's not the coronavirus. I'm sorry. I meant to, I meant to say... The communist Chinese coronavirus. 
They sin it on purpose. This is just a sidebar here. If you are in China and you're in Wuhan, you have this outbreak. And then in China you say, well, nobody can travel out of Wuhan to the other cities in China. But you don't stop the international flights. Oh, well, you can travel to other countries. You just can't travel anywhere else in China. What do you think they're doing with the virus? They're spreading around the world because they know they're going to suffer. They want everybody else to suffer too. It's probably a money thing, a power thing. But anyway. And when President Trump said, oh gosh, when President Trump said, um, we're going to stop the travel from over there to the United States, it's we're going to cut off Chinese travel. You know what Biden said? You know what the demon quack said? You racist! How do you stop Chinese people from coming into this country? How racist can you be? He wasn't racist. They were sick. He didn't want them coming in and making us sick. They can come in later after they get better. But what I tell you about the news media, they twist everything and make it evil. Okay. Where were we at? Shining light on Roe v. Wade. Women's reproductive rights. The demon quacks under Nancy Pelosi's leadership. Nancy Pelosi's leadership. They have supported Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. What a name! Now there was a racist for you, Margaret Sanger. She wanted to put. Planned Parenthood clinics in black neighborhoods. She said that black people were weeds that needed to be weeded out, like out of a garden. That was a champion of Planned Parenthood. She, they used to give Margaret Sanger awards till this year. Guess who got the awards? Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, the Margaret Sanger Award. Woo! Give me an award! I'm paying to kill babies! Only thing she wouldn't use their own money. Your tax dollars, my money, they using it to pay to murder babies. And only twenty five percent of evangelicals voted. Let's be salt. Let's be light. Nancy Pelosi, oh, Planned Parenthood. God doesn't want you in hell. Did you see where the guy in California did undercover videos? Planned Parenthood was talking about selling baby body parts. They had a list of how much you get paid for a a cranium that wasn't crushed. Sick, child of the devil, serpent, brood of vipers. I think Jesus' words apply. How could you be that? Repent. You don't have to go to hell, Planned Parenthood, even for selling baby body parts. God wants you in heaven with Him. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You don't have to die and go to a devil's hell because you have murdered a baby and split it up and sold it for money. Oh my God, help us. God loves you so much. He loves every one of them so much. I have to finish. Remember, be salt, be light. If you see corruption, be salt. Try to stop it. Do what you can. You can't stop it. I mean, you can slow it down. Occupy till he comes. 
you know what? I just don't think that 75% of people didn't vote is true about this church. I know you people. I've been to church here for years with you. If we would take off our skin, our flesh, and we would see our spirit man, I know what some of you have been through. I know some of you have lost your husbands. You've lost your wives. You've lost your children. I know some of the hell that you've been through in your life, through sickness, through disease. And still, where are you at? You're in church. You're saying you're with the family of God like God told you to be here. You're like Job. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I don't understand all the bad stuff that happens in my life. I don't understand where my children aren't serving him right now. I don't understand all the wickedness in the world. But I know that God is almighty and I choose to still serve him no matter what's going on in my life. I don't understand it, but he's still God. He, I would all be like Job's wife that said, curse God and die. He said, you're talking like a foolish woman. He said, to a man that always expect good from God, will we not receive evil also? So we can, we can learn and we can train. The Bible said that even Jesus learned discipline and obedience by the things that he suffered. Stand up, please. If I could see your spirit man now, I know there's scars, there's wounds. There's things you've been through that you still don't understand. You probably won't understand until you get to heaven. But I tell you now, God loves you. And I tell all those people that I called their names, I wish I could tell you some more about the abortion. One thing, when President Trump, President Clinton, I think it was their last debate, President Clinton, they asked, finally asked a question about abortion. They said, what about abortion? She said, it's a woman's right to choose up to the point of birth. Oh, Ralph Northam said it's all right to kill the baby after it's born. Only he'd said it in the story. He said, we'll have a discussion with the mother and the doctor if they want to keep the baby after, after it's born. Ralph Northam, repent of your sin. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You don't have to die and go to hell. Jesus loves you. He wants you in heaven with Him. So Hillary Clinton said, that's the mother's right to choose. Reproductive health. Yeah. Got a better word for it. Murder. Bill Clinton. Not Bill Clinton. Donald Trump, you know what he said? He said, ripping a mother's, a baby from a mother's womb is not alright with me. Which do you think was salt? Hillary Clinton's Attitude and what she would work for, or Donald Trump and what he would work for in his attitude. Which do you think God was pleased with? You know, those are his children they're murdering. There's so much more I could tell you, but let's pray. Father, I thank you. Church, put on your army boots, cinch them up. We're going to battle. Here's how you battle. Here's how you put salt in the putrefaction of this country. The Bible says, If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will hear the land. You are the people of God. You have been through all kinds of trials and troubles, but you're still standing. You're still strong. You're still here. You're still salt and light in this wicked, perverse world that is rotten to the core. But God has left you here for a purpose and a reason. Oh, Father, we repent. 
repent of our sins like you told us to do. We cry out to you. We are your people called by your name. God doesn't just say on our money, in God we trust. Lord doesn't just say in our pledge of allegiance, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Oh God, was not our constitution written right out of the Bible by the precepts God. We are a Christian nation. We remain a Christian nation. We are the salt of the earth, God. We're going to salt America. We're going to salt this place, God, with our prayers. We cry out to you, Father, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. That's what we're doing right now, God. We're humbling ourselves and pray. And we're seeking your face, God. We're going to keep seeking your face. We're going to watch good news and we're going to pray. It's going to tell us what's happening in the world so we'll know what to pray for, Father. Lord, we're going to try to slow down this rot that's happening in the United States. We're going to try to slow down the murder of your babies, the cry of 60 million babies, Lord. I know it will be, there will be retribution for that. There will be destruction. They will pay, but God, you grant us a clemency. You grant us, Lord, an extension of time. You said that your judgment came in Revelation. You said when the delay of time was no longer, then you brought judgment to the world. Lord, until the delay of time is no longer, we're going to be sought in this place. We're going to be sought in this nation. We're going to be sought in this world. You know these people, we are your children, God. We have stood through different trials and tests and we're standing now, God. We're asking you to move on this nation. We're asking you Lord. And the, the verse before that verse, you said, if I send a pestilence, God, Lord, stop the, cor- the coronavirus, Lord. Stop the death, Father. Stop the lies, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you are almighty God. You said that you would heal us. You said that you would that our health would spring forth as a calf from the style. In the name of Jesus, I pray health and healing on everyone in this place, in this body, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. Lord, let your healing power flow. You are almighty God. And nothing is too hard for you, Dad. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, we turn, God, from death to life. We turn from the kingdom of Satan. We turn to the kingdom of God. We turn from the kingdom of darkness. We turn to the kingdom of light. Then, will I hear from heaven... Come boldly before the throne of grace and grant and ask your petitions. We come in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We come in the blood of Jesus Christ. We come boldly before the throne of grace, the throne of unmerited favor. We did earn it, but you give it to us anyway, Dad. We come to the throne of grace and we bring our petitions boldly before you, God, because you are almighty God. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins. Oh God, forgive our sins. Your blood is great enough to cover 60 million babies. Your blood is great enough to cover the murder, Lord. You, our blood, is great enough, Lord, to take a murderer, Saul, and turn him into the man who wrote most of the New Testament, Paul. Is anything too hard for you? Is your arm shortened? Is your hand weak? You are Almighty God. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Dad, this is your land. 
You put us here, God. It was founded by Christians who wanted freedom, Father. To serve you and worship you without the king telling them what to do. Without the king telling them how to serve God. We are a Christian nation. God, we choose to serve you, Lord. We choose to be the salt and the light to this wicked world. We choose, God. We repent repent of our sins. Okay, you can be seated. One more thing I want to show you. You don't want to go to hell. You murderers, you don't want to go to hell. Oh, God doesn't want you in hell. He didn't choose. He didn't make hell for us. And before you think that I'm condemning, I'm not. The Bible says if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. We're all guilty of murder. Just like Pelosi. Just like Clinton. Just like the Supreme Court judges that voted for it. Just like Planned Parenthood that sells the baby body parts. Just like those who vetoed... I won't tell you that. The DNC... I don't have time to explain it to you. Anyway... Let me give you an idea. Here's what Satan wants for you. He wants to tell you that hell's not real. You don't have to pay for your sins. When you die, it's over. You weren't created in God's image. You evolved from a slime, which is totally impossible. Irreducible complexity. Your eye can't evolve. It's like that. It has to do a little at a time. It didn't happen. The eye had to be created instantaneously. There's a lot more. I take this cup, take one drop of water. How long do you think it's going to take me to move that drop of that water from that glass to that glass? One drop at a time. Long time. This glass, let's say it's the ocean. How long is it going to take you to move the ocean? One drop at a time, on the end of your finger. To another place. That's how long hell's going to be. You don't want to go there. That's just a little bit. And then hell will just be starting. You will be in eternity. Away from God with no hope. No way to get out of it. Why do you think Satan is so mad? There's no hope for him. There's no redemption. He doesn't get a choice. You get a choice. We all get a choice. Every one of us are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have to repent. We're all guilty. Here's what you do. If you've sinned, we all have. If you want Jesus to cover your sins with His blood, He said He'll make it whiter than any fuller on earth can whiten them. Whiter than the snow. Jesus Christ's blood cleanses from all unrighteousness. Every sin you can think of. Jesus will cover it with His blood if you ask Him. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in your heart God rose Him from the dead, you will be saved. So here's my message to you. Here is my salt and light. Here's the best salt you'll ever have in your life. 
Jesus Christ has come to save the lost. He came to save Hillary Clinton. He came to save the judges that promote abortion. He came to save the people in Planned Parenthood. He came to save Gosnell that murdered people, murdered babies over and over. He came to save Bill Clinton's that has said it's all right to dismember a baby when you're killing, when you're aborting it. He came to save every Nancy Pelosi and every one of the demon quacks that voted for that. And there was even some Republicans that are supposed to be conservatives that voted for that crap. Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for every one of our sins. He doesn't want you in hell. He wants you in heaven. The thing about it is when you do that, it's the same thing in heaven. You know how long heaven's going to be? Like taking the ocean one drop at a time and moving it. Same as hell. One drop at a time. You get to decide which place you're going to stay. Let's pray one more time. We can go. Father, You are Almighty God. I pray that You would convict the hearts of men. Oh God, let Your salt go out, Father. Let it be salt to this world, salt and light, Lord. Let them see the light, God, and see the corruption in their lives and repent of their sins and call out to You, Father, and You will cover our sins with the blood of Jesus. Father God, in Jesus' name, that people would be saved, Father. In Jesus' name, people would be saved, Father. They would confess and believe in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. You said if we repent of our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Faithful and just to do it because you paid for it already. In Jesus' name. That's all the thought I have for you this morning. All I have time to give you. God bless you. Um, if you've given your heart to God, you can call the church at 304-589-7755 and somebody will get back to you, leave a message. Or you can call me personally, Nathan Morse at 304-320-7755. I'd love to talk to you some more about Jesus. Thank you church for being here. God bless you. Thank you for being salt and light in this